welcome travelers of the multiverse as Fantastic Geek Chronicles What If on Disney Plus. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is the Military Industrial Complex variant of Pete. Hello, Military Industrial Complex Pete. That was a spectacular entrance. Seriously. The Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek for What If Episode 106, What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark, is brought to you by High Target Wetwork. It's not plumbing. Pete, as we look around the uh, the MCU, as we record this on Saturday, September 18th, tomorrow, the Primetime Emmy Awards uh, I was a bit surprised to read on the Hollywood Reporter website and uh, and Deadline website um, both that the Smarty Pants prognosticators uh, foresee uh, Paul Bettany is expected to bring home gold uh, for Best Actor in a Limited Series for WandaVision. Uh, the question, I guess, being how will the rest of the show fare at the uh, at the Primetime Emmy Awards last weekend was the Creative Arts Emmy Awards, which is more your behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, and WandaVision has already notched wins for uh, fantasy sci-fi costumes, for production design, uh, as well as um, outstanding original music and lyrics that for Agatha all along... Um, giving Kristen Anderson Lopez her first Emmy and making Robert Lopez the first double EGOT winner ever. Wow, it is impressive that he's won it twice there. Um, Yeah, I mean, we knew that they would dominate the techie uh, Emmys, and now here come the performance ones. It's going to be interesting to see how they fare. Yeah, I mean, again, WandaVision up for Outstanding Limited Series, Lead Actor, Lead Actress, uh, Supporting Actress, Catherine Hahn. I feel like that should be a shoe in as well. Yeah. Uh, directing yeah. and then three writing nominations. So uh, we will see and we'll certainly uh, we'll certainly update our WandaVision feed and the Pop Culture Podcast feed uh, when there's all, all that info along with Mandalorian up for stuff. Pete, tomorrow's Star Trek podcast. We need to eat a little bit of crow because... It won an Emmy last weekend, too. More on that tomorrow. So, uh, Pete, it's gold everywhere. When we catch you up on what went down in the Kunar province of Afghanistan, the convoy carrying Tony Stark is attacked. But Lieutenant Eric Killmonger Stevens saves him from the Stark Industries missile destined to turn Stark into Iron Man. At the press conference after his rescue, Stark appoints Killmonger his new chief security officer, catching Pepper Potts by surprise and making Happy Hogan jealous. A reporter asks why Killmonger was at the scene of the ambush when his Navy SEAL unit was 400 clicks away, Um, but he acknowledges he uncovered plans to assassinate Stark while undercover inside the Ten Rings, bankrolled by Stark Chief Operating Officer Obadiah Stane, which he posts online. Hogan punches Stane out. At a celebration later, Stark promotes Killmonger to COO, much to Potts' chagrin. She consults with Air Force Colonel James Rhodes about Killmonger, who graduated the Naval Academy at 19 and Massachusetts Institute of Technology a year later. 
he made a name for himself as a seal as part of a elite ghost squad specializing in high target assassinations pretty good for a kid from oakland but potts remains leery in stark's garage he and killmonger bond over gadgets and dead dads for his doctoral thesis, Killmonger developed plans for an automated combat drone to make human soldiers obsolete, but he could never crack the interface. Stark has Jarvis, but they need more vibranium than just the ring worth Killmonger contributes. Against Pot's advice, they send Rhodes to a salvage yard on the African coast to buy more from Ulysses' claw. But Prince T'Challa comes to spoil the deal, Killmonger uses Sark's sonic taser to take his cousin out and his vibranium claw to kill Rhodes. Turns out he's working with Claw, who leaked word of the sale to the Wakandans. Stark confronts Killmonger, who overpowers the vibranium-powered drone, and kills Stark with the Dora Milaje spear to frame the Wakandans. Potts suspects Killmonger, but General Ross defends him and orders the Liberator drones into production. Killmonger brings them to Claw, who takes him to the Wakandan border, where Killmonger kills him to present to the Wakandans as proof of his loyalty. But the drones still pose a threat, which Killmonger wants to let inside the Wakandan force shields, to cut them off from their communication network. General Ramonda agrees in her quest to avenge her son. Ross sees the rumors about Wakanda are true before the shields close and the drones go dark, but Killmonger reactivates them, blaming a stark backup transmitter. The Wakandans lay waste to the drones. Killmonger finally gets to see Mount Bashenga and drinks the heart-shaped herb to become the next Black Panther. On the ancestral plane, he sees T'Challa, who asks him if it was worth it, and tells him unearned power will get the best of him. Ross tells Potts he's ramping up the war effort on Wakanda, but she finds an ally in her office in Princess Shuri, who wants to team up to open everyone's eyes about Killmonger. With that divergence alarm, let's talk about what has changed and would we keep the changes. Pete, I think that this is a really, there's a really compelling uh, point of construction, a compelling start point to this episode. Um, as we've said in other podcast episodes for What If, um, at least speaking for myself, I continually, like I don't think of Killmonger as having existed in the MCU until he shows up in Black Panther. I know that he, of course, he has a past, and there's the flashback in Black Panther and so forth. But I, it doesn't jive in my head that Killmonger was around in 2008 to be able to do this. Yet, of course, he was. Um, and I think out of all of the stories that we've seen so far, this is maybe the most um, metaphorically earthbound and perhaps the most, therefore, believable. I'm kind of surprised they didn't take the route where he actually was a hero instead of posing as one. Um, I wonder if the commentary is more that it's an absolute 
point that he would always have this negative outcome because of what happened with his father. You know, what makes him a compelling villain in Black Panther is this idea when he loses that he tells his cousin, he tells T'Challa, you know, bury me um, in the sea with all of our brothers and sisters. So he takes that route. And here, okay, the double, the triple cross, all right. I think it would have been more compelling to make him good. Um, perhaps. I mean, this is a weird... This is a weird episode, particularly with how it resolves at the end, or or I would argue lack thereof. I do think, certainly it's one route, what if Killmonger was a good guy? I think there's an interesting commentary to say, um, which maybe the episode doesn't say this enough. Uh, you know, had Killmonger already gone bad by 2008 in this, in this reality and in the reality of the MCU the conclusion i think is yes at least from from both episodes if you then want to backtrack and say well it's because of the abandonment from his family and not growing up with uh with a father and being kind of uh unbeknownst to him forcefully separated from his his culture and his people and so forth i think all of those things are an interesting point of discussion unfortunately this episode doesn't go there what i think the episode does do impressively um is a sort of beat this is going to sound like a slam but it's not um it kind of impressively star wars prequelizes killmonger really highlighting that he is a man loyal if you will pete to neither party but eager to create chaos only to make himself great maybe again <laughs> that is a read as well so stark never becomes iron man yet a suit around the world, if you will, in the Liberator drones is still created. Perhaps another absolute point here. The the age of anime, man? <laughs> um, possibly. And I think this, this notion, this is another notion where I think the episode could have explored it differently somehow. This idea that um, Tony Stark was defined by his challenge and without the challenge now, you know, ultimately he, he, he's not the principal player in this story. Um, he's maybe the, you know, the, the ultimate supporting character in Killmonger's story. Um, it's a really, it's a really, really compelling message to say to Tony Stark, to viewers, maybe a, a life lesson reminder that worst day of your life might be you know, as painful as that worst day is in, in Tony Stark's case, physically, as well as, uh, as psychologically, it might be preparing you for the greatness you are destined to. Um, again, I kind of find, you know, we can, we can see the two universes, the one of what if one Oh six and the what if, uh, and not the what if, but the, the story of the MCU and have that comparison and say, Oh my goodness. You think of when he's first bleeding through the shirt and da da da, how terrible that was. That's what made a hero. Um, I think that's a really interesting conversation to have. It also just somehow doesn't quite show up in this story. It's kind of, you need to 
be comparing it actively. I, again, maybe that's not the role of a what-if story to do those things, but it's a really interesting discussion to have. This episode just doesn't quite have it. Uh, T'Chaka outlives his son in this story, and Matt, the number of times now that we've seen uh, Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa and just the lines that resonate from the grave here in the ancestral plane. Yeah. Um, as we've discussed before, I think th- there must have been a, there must have been a responsible discussion uh, behind closed doors. You have these lines written, you have these scenes written, animation is underway to whatever degree. What is appropriate to keep? What is, how do you market this thing in a way that's not garish? I know here's the here's the um, here's the impact all of this has had on me. We were able to have our big MCU goodbye to Chadwick Boseman in the Star Lord T'Challa episode. Uh, the result of him continuing to show up in some of these episodes, we can enjoy and celebrate Chadwick Boseman even as he is fading away in our entertainment, not trying to make light of the death or anything like that, but using, I think it it honors him to use these, these bits that, that were recorded. And the, the sum is we've said our goodbye and there's just this echo. We don't know when the last time will be, um, but we've had our opportunity to say goodbye and to celebrate him. And I think again, walking that commercial end, that art end, that marketing end, that, that thing that Chadwick Boseman embodied that's more than a product. I, I feel like they're walking that line really, really well. They are. I have to uh, give them full credit for the restraint, the understated way that they've gone about this. I mean, you have these final performances of him and, you know, they're not holding back that they have it. They also aren't, you know, leading everything with hey we have chadwick boseman we have chadwick boseman so it's 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 been respectful it's been reserved as i think it best should be uh queen ramunda here being a general really liked this change uh yeah i mean she's i don't want to say she's underused in uh, in Black Panther, she's used, I guess, as as the story called for, as they wanted to. Um, but it makes it makes the live action character stronger, knowing that in other circumstances, in other years in Wakanda, not the little slices that we've seen more recently. There she was, not just as queen to the king, but as commander in chief, or 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 you know, chair of the, uh, chair of the, uh, armed services committee or whatever you want to call it. Just kind of someone who is occupying a high, a high place in the active government and the active military, not just, you know, Oh, the queen is going to come to cut a ribbon at, you know, uh, at the whatever memorial or that kind of thing. So it, it makes the character makes both versions of the character stronger. And then finishing up here with this alliance between Pepper Potts and Princess Shuri, uh, the girls getting it done. I I think your point about this just kind of ending is a valid one. I want to see that team up. I want to see them topple Killmonger. Yeah, 
it was a curious ending to the episode. Both my wife and I were watching it. It's not the other. And then there's this, you know, there's this hint of a team up moment. And then the credits start. And we both at the same time said, oh, it's over. Um, now, this is not the first what if that kind of ends with a, uh, you know, ends with and the story continues in our hearts. Um, I think of the, uh, you know, the the Captain America slash Captain Marvel ending for the um, for the uh, Fury's bad week where everybody dies episode. It worked there because I don't know it somehow it worked there to say we've looked at the totality of the terribleness, but hope remains whether we tell this story again or not. Versus with this episode, it's like uh, Killmonger gets more and more power and sows more and more chaos. I felt like, he, like you know, Killmonger wasn't president of the world at the end of the episode and at his highest point. Now we're going to go fight him. It kind of was just like, Killmonger keeps rolling on. Hey, I'm totally for ladies getting together to save the day. If we had a convention where what if episodes, where we knew there were going to be sequels, then I'd say, okay, you've set up an awesome sequel for next time. Um if Pete in season two, it's, you know, uh, what if Pepper Potts and Shuri fought King Killmonger? Okay, then I'll feel better about this ending. For right now, it just kind of stops with hope towards another story, which is a little bit different, I think, than some of the other ones, which is a story continues, but this story is over. For this week, it felt like this story still had more. Let's check, Pete, some messages from the multiverse. We had our poll here, uh, which uh, had votes as follows. One robot, no heart Tony, got 9.1%. Two robots, Attack of the Clowns, because, you know, claw, claw, claws in this, uh, 12.1%. Inspired. Thank you. Um, three robots, Shuri Lee Part 2, question mark, got 45.5%. And then Pete... I couldn't resist because I'm telling you uh, the fact that Eric Killmonger uh, doesn't really have any beliefs except for advancing himself Four robots. Eric's Trump, uh, you know, Pete, because he trumped all the people around him. That's all I meant. I uh, got 33.3%. So some uh, some good voting activity there. Some tweets mm -hmm. to us. We heard from JT Atkins. That's at JTA is me. Full marks for a well-constructed what-if that in many ways leaves us in the same place the MCU left off and serves in many ways as a fitting tribute to T'Challa. Well done and not depressing to boot. Uh, Pete, we didn't mention it before. I, Though obviously bad guy kind of wins in this episode, after two uh, emotionally harrowing and obviously well-constructed episodes uh, for the prior two episodes, I like that this one was a little bit more fun. I think that would, I don't know if this was the intended episode order or if you shuffle stuff around, but that worked. That really worked. Shades of the whodunit episode here, obviously with the murders of T'Challa and Rhodey and Tony Stark. Um, I got to tell you of the bunch, this was my least favorite only because, you know, the, the premise here to get a, different take and i just don't think we got a different enough killmonger you know he's a super popular villain but to keep him a villain for me in a show where the premise is to change it up um you know you could have had people even more on his side 
I will I will lean into the villainous side of it villainy. and say the, to the villainy and I will say I would have liked it if it was, you know, I mean you could have done a quick montage at the end and and now he's an even bigger threat. Um like I said half jokingly, you know, all of a sudden Killmonger president of the world, that kind of thing, but Pete, we hear now from Andre Yeager. It's at Dr. Polo in 1983. Killmonger is a brilliant tactician. He was always four steps ahead of everyone. Loved this episode and the story. He was a quadruple agent betraying everyone. Also another emotional speech from T'Challa. Show just keeps getting better. Heard also from AMC that's at Ann Coltonum. Uh, enjoyed this episode of What If? Loved seeing Queen Ramonda charging into battle to avenge T'Challa. Please give us the Shuri and Pepper follow-up next season. Looking forward to hearing the podcast. Uh, heard as well from our captain, Noel Gardner. Pete, if only Noel Gardner had come in to save the day in this episode, then then that would have completed the triumvirate. Captain Noel right. and Pepper and Shuri. Um, but she's at Noel Camille, by the way, on Twitter. I uh, thought this was going to be a cute anthology series to hold us over until the next series, but no. Marvel has me locked in and emotional every week. It just keeps getting darker and better. Uh, this one, like the zombies, uh, really felt like a cliffhanger they will come back to. I liked that they expanded Queen Ramonda's role and she got some action. How many times are they going to kill Tony this season? I'm glad Pepper and Shuri saw through Killmonger, and I hope this story is picked up later. Um, Pete, it does seem like Tony Stark Tony Stark can't reach retirement age in any universe. Maybe, again, an absolute point that he's destined to die. Uh, we heard from Spider-Ham Lincoln. That's at TessLC139 on Twitter. I liked this episode a lot, despite the deaths of Tony, T'Challa, and Rhodey. Killmonger is a wonderful and manipulative villain, and after this story, I'm firmly convinced we'll get sequels to some of these stories, and Shuri will surely lead her own Avengers in this universe. What if continues to mine brilliant gems from the MCU? Pete, enough people, including Spider-Ham Lincoln there, have, have hammered home the desire, nay, maybe the reading of tea leaves as to sequels to these Will your assessment of this episode get better if next season they say, aha, it was sequel all along, um, and this is the sequel that we really want to see perhaps the most? I mean, it could. Um, you had me thinking there Black Panther 2. Um, so you have to imagine by the time we're watching the second season of What If a year from now, right? That yep. Uh, we will have seen that. Does Shuri become the new Black Panther? Does that change up how we view this in, in midstream? Um, you know, are they operating from some kind of knowledge of where the MCU is going? Um, much was made uh, when Chadwick Boseman passed that uh, Ryan Coogler um, you know, had written the sequel for him because he was unaware of um, Bozeman's failing health and, you know, lamenting that he'd written these words for him to speak. Um, and we've not heard to the level of which they've had to rewrite it. I'm sure those stories are going to be told within the next year. Um, and again, if she gets it, how does it change things up how do we view it through that lens so 
I think it, it greatly depends on, you know, the live action MCU and how that goes, at least for me. I think that's a really compelling argument. Uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is dated for July 8th of next year. So season two, presumably after that, um, it'll be interesting. Let, let's say there, let's say that, let's say that maybe some of the jankiness in this episode might be a result of editing on the fly, maybe not just because of COVID, but a bunch of story pieces moving. Fine, so be it. If this time next year the result is in multiple universes, the What If 106 universe, the MCU, uh, Shuri ascends to the title of Black Panther in both of those, that will be a really um, empowering and heartwarming conclusion obviously in the real world paved by some some tragedy and some loss but within the world the worlds of stories uh i think that would be a that would be a nice result pete last tweet here from bike brh on twitter i struggled to get through this one i've always thought killmonger was the most overrated marvel villain and struggled to understand why the most misogynistic marvel villain is so popular with women Every minute he is on screen, he annoys me with his freshman dorm black nationalism and his uh, obviousness that people can't see only because of the hand of the writer. I wish that the audience would see through his BS as well as the women on the show. People see him as a slightly misguided Malcolm X, but he's really just a Mussolini wannabe one star. Pete, those are the words from Bike BRH. I think with where we leave this episode, the women are wise to him. So it's not that that's not addressed. Um, I think his portrayal by Michael B. Jordan is part of a lot of the allure for people, not so much the mores of the character. I'll add to that. You think of how in Black Panther, how... um... Michael B. Jordan plays Killmonger playing different roles, by which you think of that museum, uh, the museum scene when he's going to steal the the uh, vibranium. Killmonger is clearly, at least clearly clear to me, perhaps people would disagree, but I feel like Killmonger is affecting a certain, um, he's, he, he's projecting a certain version of himself so that the, the the museum people will say, well, clearly this American doesn't know, uh, doesn't know about these African treasures. Um, whether the movie is implying a certain vague racism on behalf of the museum staff, I, I kind of saw that. I think other people might have seen that there. But my point is, I think Killmonger is leveraging that that perception versus he could have shown up in, presenting himself differently as you know I am. Harvard guy, you know, that kind of thing. So I think as you say, Pete, the version of Killmonger that we get in the MCU is steeped in Michael B. Jordan's portrayal, which is so nuanced and multi-layered. Pete, what's the conversation on Facebook? On Facebook, Steve Adams writes into the Fantastic Geek Facebook page. Hey, guys, as I have been just released from the hospital after a week... I haven't even seen the last two episodes of What If yet, but I just wanted to take a minute just to thank you for the show. 
have two episodes to watch and then getting the thoughts of the fantastic ones with the ph here matt is definitely a positive thing to look forward to i know it is only a podcast about fictional characters but even entertainment has its purposes and giving someone something to look forward to is always a good thing thank you for giving like-minded people an outlet for some great discussion and giving people something to enjoy until next time stay fantastic well that really that really means a lot i know that we we try and have this conversation this weekly conversation or multiple times a week as the case oftentimes is uh the general notion is that it's not just pete and myself having the conversation the third person is you the listener and uh you might not have your mic turned on at the moment as the third person is conversation, but the, that it's that it's the three of us as we occupy that space in between your ears. So certainly, Steve, hope that you're feeling much better now that you're home. Uh, we're glad to uh, to give a, a boost to your day, and that really uh, that that really really is heartwarming. Absolutely, Steve. Hope you are feeling better. He did follow up and say that he was resting comfortably at home. I do want to mention, Pete, looking ahead to this week, um, whatever the outcome of the Emmys tomorrow, uh, we will be updating, uh, as I said, at the top of the podcast, we'll be updating um, certainly the appropriate feeds uh, regarding the Emmy outcome, particularly if uh, here in our MCU, Paul Bettany is going to win gold uh, or Catherine Hahn or Elizabeth Olsen or Jack Schaefer uh, and so forth. So it's an exciting time where we've gone kind of from the fringes of, oh man, those Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ratings are dropping fast to, you know, I know fine that Marvel Television versus MCU and all that, but our Marvel viewing experience to know that it's uh, that's really being appreciated, uh, you know, by, by those awards people. And possibly, Matt, a future Emmy darling over on Patreon, we recorded our impressions of the first three episodes of the graphic novel turned fx on hulu show why the last man so get yourself over to patreon.com slash fantastic geek yes so proud as always to be listener supported particularly as we uh we we had a quieter august it's a busier september uh, a little less in October than, boy, when he, when we hit November and December, especially with some of those hour-long shows coming on back. Uh, Discovery and Hawkeye still don't know exactly when Ms. Marvel is coming out, though probably the winter. Don't exactly know what the picture is for Book of Boba Fett. But uh, keeping us listener-supported as those real-world costs come in, that is always so, so appreciated. And, Pete, let's keep the conversation going. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter to talk about the MCU? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, -E 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 12,049 followers, can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter, it's looking back lost, do me in touch with the podcast, comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the P-H, all one word, like it today. So I am sure that tomorrow on the Pop Culture Podcast page and on our Star Trek Lower Decks uh, feed, we will be uh, podcasting the latest episode of Lower Decks. Um, certainly on the Pop Culture Podcast feed Monday, maybe Tuesday at the latest, 
We'll be doing an Emmy roundup. I guess, Pete, it depends exactly where Emmy gold hits. I mean, surely we'll be updating the WandaVision feed and the Mandalorian feed. Um, I, I guess we'll take it from there. Uh, and certainly, if you're here for What If, we will be back next Saturday to talk What If episode 107. Pete, all of a sudden, we've I feel like we've gone from... I don't know, the middle to, yikes, there's only three what-ifs left, and uh, time going by quickly, but one of these is going to be Party Thor, so at least we have a, a fun time one to look forward to, and uh, certainly looking forward to podcasting all those episodes. With that, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. You son of a... Security!